this week's episode of the Cross Yas podcast, I go more in depth about my boudoir photo shoot. I'll also talk election time in my Yas of the week with regards to LGBTQ representatives here in the United States. I'll also add a new segment called Cross Yas Confessionals, where I share a crossdresser's origin story. And finally, Kirsten's Corner, where she talks ABGs. This is the 35th episode of the Cross Yas podcast. So, can we just talk? Can we just talk? Yes, 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 I'm Giselle Mirasol, your cross-dressing host. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Giselle Mirasol. And you can find the podcast online on the new website, www.crossyaspodcast.com. That's spelled C-R-O-S-S-Y-A-A-S-podcast.com. And if you have opinions on what you hear from today's episode and you have something you want to say, like, I don't know, maybe you want to share your own personal story on the podcast, cross-dressing or gender-related or whatever, maybe you're just freaking tired of keeping things bottled up and you just want to scream, Yes! I have something to say. Well, talk to me. I'm here for you, ready to listen to your story. Email the podcast on my new email, giselle at crossyaspodcast.com. That's giselle at c-r-o-s-s-y-a-a-s-podcast.com. Happy November. As you can see, we're changing things up a bit here at the podcast with a little revamp before the new year, like the intro and the new website. Just launched a new website, crossyaspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the podcast Facebook, the podcast Twitter, Instagram, and all sorts of other good stuff. And if you're a fan of just listening to the podcast on your PC or your Mac instead of your phone, well, you can find all the Cross Yas podcast episodes there too. Options, you know? There's just so many things. It's also part blog, so you'll hear me, your girl, Giselle, rant about stuff. I'll also post pictures and videos of myself and other things that I know the Cross Yas listener will like. So check all of it out at crossyaspodcast.com. That's www.crossyaspodcast.com for all you Giselle fans out there. Mostly Kirsten. Hi, babe. You're probably the only one hearing this now, but can we give a shout out to Kirsten for that new intro? She loves it. We recorded it many times over and we finally picked a good one, but yeah. She loves it. She says, Happy November. Holidays in full swing. Hope you guys had a wonderful Halloween. It's back to the grind. Trying to release more episodes before the end of the year, like I think I said last week, with so much happening around me. I just want to try and put some effort more in the podcast. And these past weeks have already been eventful in the gender world, which gets me immediately talking about my... Yes! ...of the week. With midterm election time here in the U.S. and a presidential election happening next year, several races in the 2019 election have already been decided. And if you didn't know already, some states have new governors, new Senate members, and, well, just many new faces many of which are LGBTQ candidates. Over 150 LGBTQ candidates have claimed victory in many midterm elections, and some notables are Jared Polis, Polis, who became the state of Colorado's first openly gay governor. There's Danica Roem, who was first elected in 2017 as the first U.S. openly transgender official in Virginia's House of Delegates, and she won a second term. And N.J. Akbar, who won a seat on the Akron Board of Education in Ohio to become one of the first gay Muslim African Americans ever elected to any office in the United States. That's great fucking news if you ask me with all the stupid bad news you hear out there. Because goddammit, 
people are out here doing great things regardless of sex, gender, and sexual orientation. And if you're a member of the LGBTQ community and you think you won't amount to anything, well, these people are. They're part of the LGBTQ community and they are doing something about it. Not that their LGBTQ affiliation has anything to do with being elected, but the fact that they are goes to show that they can amount to something and so can you. You know, and a majority of them aren't running on their LGBTQ status alone. They just happen to be part of that community and will fight to not make that part of their platform. Again, you hear people saying, why does it matter if they're part of the LGBTQ community or not? Well, because not that long ago, like in Colorado in 1992, they were home of Amendment 2, which prohibited recognition of homosexuals as a protected class. And just over a decade ago, that same state also passed Amendment 43, which prohibited same-sex marriage. Which, you know, it goes to show that news can be sometimes so grim, but these LGBTQ candidates are making a name for themselves. And it's about time they got recognized. So shout out to those people. It's a long time coming, and I'm glad and I'm sure many of the people in the U.S. are happy to hear that these people are doing something. And that was the... Yes! Of the week! This week, in this episode, I got some stuff for y'all. I'll talk about my boudoir photo shoot in a little more detail. I'll also talk about a cross-dresser's origin story in my new cross Yes confessionals. And Kirsten, if you stay tuned till the end of the episode, she talks about ABGs. It's good. It's episode 35 of the Cross Yes podcast, so let's get this show on the road. Hey guys, just want to talk about Anchor real quick. You know, I love Anchor so much. They've helped me so much with this podcast. It's free and they have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your own phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Really guys, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead and go to it. It's great. I'm going to talk about my boudoir photo shoot. Uh, I found Kristen. Her website is kristengellerphoto.com. That's C-R-I-S-T-E-N-G-E-L-L-E-R-P-H-O-T-O.com. I'll post a link and a thing on the information, also on my website, crossyaspodcast.com. Well, I found Kristen through Jennifer. I think I talked about that in the previous episode, who Jennifer, again, is not to be confused with jennifer the girlfriend from hell talking more about jennifer a crossdresser who i saw and talked to on facebook i saw her original boudoir photos and i was like wow those look really good and i talked to her about it and she said yeah Kristen geller she took my photos and she works with crossdressers and so i looked at her portfolio online and i was like wow i really want to get those done i was able to contact Kristen, and she gave me a deal and if you look online she was named best of 2017 by groupon and best local deals in los angeles so if you guys are in the la area check her out yeah i saw the photos i like them and i want to take some of my photos so i made an appointment i texted her i called her um she was pretty busy for the month of i think i hit her up in july and she's like oh you know i'm pretty booked in august so why don't you book for september so i did and We finally got a date to work out in September. I think it was a Wednesday. I'm not sure the exact date, but we were going back and forth through text. And a week 
before I met up with her, I asked her if I needed to bring anything, and she said, sure, just bring three to four outfits that I like to use. And I was like, sure, I can do that. But of course, Kirsten, my fiance and I, we went to go shopping. Women be shopping, baby! <laughs> Women be shopping! Kirsten already bought me some outfits earlier in the year. So I was like, well, maybe I'll just bring these kinds of things. There were some lingerie pieces, but I never really got to use them. So I was like, well, why don't I just, just go ahead and bring these outfits for the actual boudoir shoot? I also had bought a pair of heels, a couple pairs of heels, by the way, because Kristen, uh, kind of confusing her, so let's not get confused. Kristen, the photographer, she said, bring a pair of heels because I love to take photos of my customers in their heels. So of course I didn't bring one. I bought two pairs because I'm hell ratchet like that. But we also went shopping the day before the boudoir shoot because, well, duh, why not? Shopping? Uh, yeah. So we went to the mall to find, you know, more outfits. And the first place we went, of course, was, duh, Victoria's Secret. And Victoria's Secret, you know, I've talked about it before in a previous episode, kind of overpriced. But they always have those sales there that if you ever go to Victoria's Secret where they have, like, five panties for $25 or whatever. So we bought a couple pairs. We bought like maybe like five pairs of panties. Um, <laughs> uh, what do you like? What, what was? Panties. Panties. I bought five pairs of panties. I bought five pairs of panties. And yo, panties. <laughs> I bought five pairs of panties or we bought five pairs, but um, you know, we settled on like a couple outfits with those panties but uh after victoria's secret we were still looking for more outfits and we found one of those other stores you ever go to the mall and you see one of those like off-brand stores that sells like lingerie but they also sell like halloween costumes and other female undergarments like stockings and skirts and shorts i don't know but they always sold intimates or whatever just like another store for women's clothes but we went in there and found a couple more cute lingerie pieces for relatively cheap. I think we paid maybe like 60 to $80 worth of outfits, which was maybe like, I don't know, six to eight other outfits. I forget. But they were like um, satin pieces. One was like a negligee kind of gown looking thing. One was like a camisole, maybe a baby doll outfit too. And definitely some undergarments. Anyways, we pick those out and then we go home try them on and we settle on some pieces and then I text Kristen uh before the night before the shoot about what else to bring and she's like just meet at my place at 11 a.m with all of your outfits ready and your shoes uh, and if you have your makeup done just go ahead and do that and meet at my place at 11 a.m and I was like awesome now Kristen my fiance had all intentions to go with me to the shoot and I thought that was going to be fine but when I texted Kristen she told me she would prefer that it would be only me and her and not my fiance Kirsten, which I guess, you know, it's fine. I could take a hint. It was only going to be me, but I felt bad for Kirsten not going because she took the day off and was already driving with me to LA. I rather had her there as, I don't know, support for the shoot, but I get it. Kristen, the photographer, you know, maybe she didn't feel comfortable with having a second person there. I don't know, but Kirsten was fine with it. She was going to take uh, her laptop with her and work at a local coffee shop. So then we went to bed, and then the next morning, we woke up. I think we woke up around like 8 a.m., and Kristen's studio or apartment was actually a bit far away, and it takes me a bit to get ready. So I wake up around 8 or so, and we're starting to get ready, and it took me a bit longer than usual that morning. I don't know why, but I really wanted to just get my makeup right, especially for a shoot. So Kristen asked me if I was going to do my own makeup or if she needed me to do my makeup when I got there. 
it's an extra charge, but I told her that's okay. I can do my own makeup, but I don't know. I just wanted to get it right. So Kirsten actually helped me a bit with my eye makeup because again, I just suck with eye makeup. So she tries her best to help me, but it was a disaster anyways. But it's cutting it real close to the time we have to leave because we're leaving from Orange County and Kristen is like deep in LA and we didn't want to hit traffic. So we pack my clothes and shoes and other stuff. Then we drive to LA and LA wasn't that bad. We have to use the five freeway. And if you know anything about Southern California, the five freeway is the worst. Actually, the 101 is the worst. Is it the 405 the worst? You know, fuck it. They're all bad. I just hate LA traffic. And if you're from LA, you know. Anyway, we get outside of Kristen's place, finally walk up to the gate where I'm greeted by Kristen, who is this gorgeous Caucasian woman in glasses, and she greets me with a hello, and hey, your makeup looks great. And I smile too, and we walk to her apartment uh, slash studio. We walk to her place, she opens up her door, and I'm greeted by her wonderful dog. Don't remember their dog's name, but he's really playful, and I remember him jumping on me and just wanting to play, and Kristen having to be like, okay, <laughs> trying to push her dog away. The first thing I noticed walking into her apartment is that it's beautifully modern. It was a cement floor. Surprisingly, the room itself wasn't cold, and it was a sunny day with light shining brightly through her windows, like illuminating her entire apartment. We talk for a bit. We get to know one another. She tells me stories. I tell her some of mine. Really, we're just getting to know one another because, well, this was like the first time I've ever met her, just outside of text. And I mean, I've only known her through her portfolio that you can see online, but... Otherwise, I really knew nothing about her, and she knows nothing about me. I don't know. She tells me horror stories about people that she's had to deal with because she's been doing this a while. I mean, you know, to take a photo or take a boudoir shoot with someone, it's a lot of trust for both parties involved. Like, this is a very intimate thing, like the whole boudoir shoot, and you want to be comfortable around one another because, well, for me, she's going to be basically taking photos of me in the nude, and I want to know that we're going to be a good fit for one another it's kind of like a blind date but with photos and Kristen was surprisingly the friendliest person she told me like again she's been doing this for almost eight years or so and she's not new to the game she knows her stuff and you can see her portfolio online it really showcases the quality of the photo that she takes fun fact I tried to reach out to other boudoir places and again they do not cater to cross-dressing men weird I don't know there's like a demand for it I mean I think a lot of crossdressers want to look sexy and take photos but I think it is unfortunate that other boudoir places won't cater to crossdressing men I mean there are I guess there is that like weird stigma yeah. or thing that for some crossdressers but I think not all crossdressers just give off that vibe of I don't know we do this as a sexual kink or whatnot I think some crossdressers just want to look sexy I mean I did this boudoir shoot with all intentions of not doing it for sexual pleasure. I did it mostly because I wanted to look and feel sexy. And those things are not necessarily mutually exclusive. It does take a lot of courage to go out and be sexy or to take photos in front of someone else who's, you know, cross-dresser or not. I think I was talking to a bunch of friends of mine who I did show my final photos to, and they said, and even Kirsten agrees, that it takes a lot of confidence to do what I did to go out in front of somebody who you don't know right this person I just met online and there's a lot of trust that I had to give to her to take photos in front of her to say hey here's here's me at my barest here's me at my utmost vulnerable positions or utmost (laughs) vulnerable spot like take my photos do what you can with them and 
make me feel, I don't know, even sexier than I think I am. And she took these photos and, you know, I trusted her, you know, I don't know what she does with these photos, but I, you know, how do I know? I guess that's the toughest spot too, is to trust someone else, at least in an artistic sense, to make these photos look or make me look at least in a better light, right? Like make me look, I guess, sexy or make me look beautiful in a sense. And after talking to her, we just got into a cool kind of groove. Like, I think I've talked about it. Like I have a high social intelligence and I'm after meeting Kristen, I felt like, okay, well, she's clearly done this a while. She clearly knows how to make me feel comfortable. And that's the main thing too. Like I felt very safe and comfortable in her apartment, even with her dog, who's super playful and super fun, just being able to take photos and get almost naked. But she did a great job of making me feel like not alienating me or not making me feel uncomfortable or not making me feel like I wanted to leave, right? Like I could have left. She could have also asked me to leave. I could have also just left. Uh, She was telling me stories about people who call into her place just acting super weird. I don't know, like gross dudes who, or gross people, not saying all dudes are gross, but people who just act like they wouldn't be a good fit for a boudoir shoot with Kristen. After talking, we went over the outfits. We had picked out like four outfits. She told me what to expect. It would be like an hour and a half to two hours, depending on how quickly we would go over things. And then she kind of showed me her place. The great thing I recognized too was her studio was well-equipped with everything. And she was asking very appropriate questions. I think we felt comfortable around one another. She asked me questions about like if I had a wig or if I'm doing breast forms, like, you know, cutlets or something. And I told her, no, I'm going all natural, which I wanted to anyways. I told you guys before, I'm not a fan of wigs and I'm all for those people who do like wigs. But for me, it's just not my thing. I told you guys like, I want to keep everything as natural as possible. I sweat a lot. So less things that are on me to retain heat, the better, because then the sweat won't, you know, rub things off or make things look gross. So we talk a little bit more and then we began the shoot. Uh, we picked out the clothes and I showed her my shoes. She had clothes there with her, some lacy lingerie. She showed me she had like maybe like six pairs of heels. I showed her my heels, my uh, Jessica Simpson heels that were on sale at Ross. What up, Ross? Do you love it? I love it. I got it. Um, and they were, I think like $30 I paid for them when originally they were $60. And she was like, oh, cute. And we talked about Jessica Simpson for a bit, but then I showed her my heels. She had some heels, but my shoe size is a little bigger. I think I'm a 11 in women's. And it was, I think the highest she had was like a 10 and I tried them on. They just didn't, uh, fit well, but luckily I brought my own, but then I showed her my second pair of heels and she liked those, but we picked my first outfit. Uh, which was a pink top on black straps and this strappy panty that almost looked like a thong. And she added, well, she added another piece, which was a black long sleeve see-through negligee that she has for like her boudoir customers to wear. So she's like, oh, try this on and we'll do this first. So I went into her changing room, which was her bathroom, and then I put it on. Now, for those who are wondering if I had tucked or not, tuck meaning how I hid my penis. Well, The secret was, and it always is, tape. Uh, Foam tape that I had from work, and I basically just tucked my penis into my balls and just taped it from one end to another, uh, one end of the front, and I just like kind of pulled back my penis and put the tape down that way. Um, And then I came out of the bathroom, and Kristen saw me with part of my makeup already done, and she said, oh, that's a great outfit. 
super cute. But then she sat me down, let's just fix her makeup a little bit, and she added a couple touches to my makeup, and then we started the shoot. Now a little more description of her studio slash apartment. You enter the apartment and you can see on this floor, it's immediately the kitchen. To her right is her workspace with her Mac, her iMac, and then some shoes and like a little rack with some lingerie pieces, I guess, for her customers to wear. To the left, you see her bathroom, and then you go a little more. You'll see 100 feet, like to the far left, is her living space with a couch, a table, and full-length mirror. And then to the right, you see like this open area with a little tiny ottoman and a window with like a stool. And then before that is her spiral staircase, which leads downstairs to her bedroom. And so... We walk down the stairs, and I'm walking on my heels, and we end up, when you get to the bottom of her spiraling staircase, is her bedroom. So we go to her bedroom, TV stand to the left with the TV, and then to the right is her bed. Room is really nice because it's already illuminated well with the light shining into the window. Even Kristen's like, today's a really good day to do a shoot because you can see the light just kind of shining in there. It's super well lit, and we start by Kristen saying, let's just do some basic poses. And Kristen is an expert at coaching. I mean, she tells me to do all these poses with my hands, how to arch my back, how to look like I'm not slouching, and to like really act fierce. She got me in these poses that kind of looked awkward and felt awkward at the time, but the final product looked great. So I'm lying on the bed, on my back. I even have my shoes on. She's like, oh no, don't worry about it. Just keep your shoes on. And I'm on all fours. And then she has me standing up adjacent to the bed. And then this pose, she has me with my body away from the camera and she snaps probably the best photo of them all has my body slightly turned, my left hand by my side, and my head also slightly tilted with my natural hair up. It's gorgeous. You can see my butt and everything, and it's quite classy if you ask me. So Kristen snaps possibly, I don't know, like 40 or 60 photos of me in that outfit. And then after that, Kristen's like, you're doing great. Just like Kris Jenner was telling her daughter, Kim Kardashian, at her photo shoot. Kim, you're doing amazing, Push this knee out. Hot. I mean, at that point, I felt like a model. Like, I felt like somebody wanted me to pose for the camera, and I felt just really hot and sexy. Kristen was saying that the key is just to be loose and kind of just let your body be free. So I guess that's kind of the mentality I stayed with, because after that outfit, I did feel better about doing more of the poses, because, you know, I was finally loose and finally not as nervous. I mean, there was some nervousness initially, but I don't know, just I've done this in front of people. Well, not in front of people, but I felt like... I've dressed up in front of people like if this is your first time being in front of somebody I guess you would feel a little more nervous and I guess I wasn't after the 40 or 60 photos we went ahead and move on to my second outfit which was basically a lacy red romper situation loose fitting maybe a little too loose I think because you can see one of the straps kind of coming off my shoulder in some of the photos but I'm also wearing stockings this time around with uh, some red Jessica Simpson heels some thigh-high stockings the Jessica Simpson heels were closed-toed shoes, but I still felt really sexy in them, especially with the thigh-high pantyhose, making me feel really, really, really fierce. Kristen had me back going downstairs on the bed again, doing all sorts of poses yet again with the best-looking one, probably with my left foot on the frame of the bed as I turn slightly to the side, where it looks like uh, I'm about to climb onto the bed. Then Kristen has me lying on my back with my head off the edge of the bed as a camera takes a picture of me upside down. Uh, that one looks really good because you can't see my belly fat. Thanks, Gravity. And Gravity wants to bring me down. Shout out to Gravity. After that, we move on to probably the sexiest outfit of them all, 
my one-piece crotchless bodysuit. Now, I had to wear underwear for this one because, well, I don't want Kristen taking a picture with my junk hanging out. It's not classy, ladies. I mean, maybe for some of you, but when I think boudoir, I don't usually think penis hanging out kind of thing. So I wore a pair of panties that Kristen and I bought from Victoria's Secret that day before, and I decided to wear that. I had another piece that I actually forgot at home, but we went ahead with this piece, which worked out perfectly because I think this one actually looked a lot better. I think I still wore thigh-high pantyhose with this too and looked really, really good. For this outfit, Kristen had me upstairs in her living room and she had me first do some poses with her full-length mirror. At this time, I was wearing my second set of shoes that I brought. These were like red Nine West pumps that were open-toed shoes that I told Kristen made me kind of look like a stripper. They were definitely stripper-like heels because, I don't know, if I were a stripper, these are the shoes that I'd wear. I just, I don't know, I felt really, really super sexy in them. I don't know about you, but I just like that feeling of heels that make you feel really, really extra sexy, and I think these were those shoes. So I did that, and then uh, Kristen had me on all fours again on one of the couches, which, I don't know, felt really awesome. Did some awkward poses with my hands, but we edited those out. After that, finally, my last outfit was just me in my red bodysuit romper and Kristen's jean jacket that I also brought. We played with the idea of having them off and having them on, which was really fun. Yeah, so all these outfits I will post on lacrossepodcast.com website. So if you want to see more of these photos and you have a comment, please leave one on the website. I want to know what you guys think. I mean, I do all these sorts of things with the cross yes listener in mind uh, because I want to be a voice for the closeted cross dresser or the person who's struggling with gender. I want to talk maybe on your behalf or maybe just sharing my story will kind of help you. I don't know, but I'd love your feedback either way. Anyways, the entire shoot lasted maybe an hour and a half. Kristen was right. It did probably last an hour and a half. Mostly like maybe like 15 or 20 minutes of it was just her and I talking. But Kristen says she allots for about two hours. Sometimes it goes over. Sometimes it goes under. She gave me wonderful reviews and told me I was really easy to work with uh, just because, I don't know, I just follow directions and see what happens when you follow directions. But some of her former customers, she told me could be really difficult because they were asking for too much or they were asking for things that Kristen couldn't really do. But after the shoot was done, she said she'd send me all the photos. And from those photos, I could pick 20 photos and she'd retouch them. For all of you who are wondering how much it costs, on her website, it says it costs anywhere from $300 to $400, depending on what you want, depending on how many photos you want retouched. You know, if you talk to her or message her, maybe she'll work out a deal with you. I think I paid probably around that much, but reach out to her, see if she can work out a deal with you. I totally recommend it if you guys are feeling sexy. And if you want to see my photos, again, check out crossyasspodcast.com for some ideas on how good she makes the photos look i can post uh before and after a retouch to show you what kind of work she does or how good her work is maybe you guys don't like it maybe you guys do uh check that out but i had a great shoot have i have rave reviews about her just what an awesome time i had it was kind of really fun like again i've never felt i think i talked about in the previous episode and my uh just how feeling herself portion like i never felt so validated and sexy and then after seeing the photos it just like reinforces how great of a job she did. I would do it totally again, this time with Kristen. Uh, after talking to Kristen, uh, she said if Kristen and I will ever want to do a shoot together, we could in the future. She just didn't want Kristen that first time around because she's had issues where first time people brought like too many people and she wasn't comfortable having those many people in there. So, you know, just get to know her, talk to her, contact her. She's a great resource for everything photography. 
message her or text her and she's at kristengellerphoto.com that's kristengellerphoto.com c-r-i-s-t-e-n-g-e-l-l-e-r photo.com again i'll post a link on the website and even add this on the show notes but it was an awesome time after the shoot ended i was on my way i just wanted to give a shout out to her dog who was barking me as i left and kristen said her dog hates when people leave and i was like so then i wiped off uh, my makeup and was said goodbye and i went on our way and it took about expect like a two to three week waiting time for Kristen to get back to you with the retouched photos you know she's a busy lady and has her own stuff going on so don't expect next day service for your photos to be retouched but Kristen was really good at contacting me communicating with me and letting me know when my photos would be done yeah check out her website for more information she has some portfolios up there about boudoir shoots she does portraits some of those photos there are pretty sexy so check that out if you're into that but all our information is on her website. Her phone number is on there. Area code is 772-360-7533. That number again is 772-360-7533. If you're in the Los Angeles area and you want to make an appointment with her, please do so. Uh, even let her know that the Cross yes, podcast sent you. Because, I don't know, she might give you a deal. Who knows? But please go to her. She does an amazing job. You guys will love her for sure. And then you guys can even come on the podcast and let me know how that shoot went. The main thing about her is that it's not going to cost you $1,000. If you do look around, it will probably, you might break the bank paying like $1,000 for her. It's definitely way more affordable. Anywhere from $300 to $500 is what you're looking to spend for a boudoir shoot. So if you can afford it, I say do it because she's great. And if there's anyone to do it with, it's Kristen Geller for sure. And yeah, that's my boudoir shoot in a nutshell. Now it's time for a segment we call the Crossias Confessionals. This week's Crossias Confessionals comes from Letty Munster, a crossdresser in her early 40s that lives in the South, here in the United States. This is her story. It sounds almost cliche at this point to start an origin story with, I've been into crossdressing as long as I can remember, but I think I need to start there. I'm a child of the 80s and as far back as five or six years old, I remember women with intense big hair and power suits with severe heels and pantyhose. I more than once rescued a pair of hose out of the trash when they'd get a run in them from my mother because I loved the tactile sensation. It's a dated one, but I still love that look. Fast forward to the teenage years when it went from purely a tactile thing to a full-blown fascination. I have vivid memories of unlocking the cable box when my parents would go out and watching the Playboy channel with my older brother, there was one particularly salacious movie that had a woman being stalked by the paparazzi, and she goes into her house wearing a full-length fur coat. It was the early 90s, they were still a thing, but when she gets into the house underneath, she's wearing just a black bra, panties, garter stockings, and the tallest heels ever. Her hair was pulled back into a tight bun, and she had on some librarian glasses. It's been almost 30 years, and I can still remember that scene with more fidelity than the CRT that showed it to me had. My brother had some friends who would do Rocky Horror on the weekends, and he'd sneak me in with them, and I'll never forget the first time seeing Frank come down the elevator, shrug off his overcoat, and seeing him in his hairy, armpitted chest hair having fishnets and heels wearing glory. The line in Don't Dream It, where he says, Whatever happened to Fairy? 
that delicate satin draped frame. As I clung to her thigh, I started to cry because I wanted to be dressed just the same. Plays in my head every time I'm pulling on stockings to this day. I won't even talk about Columbia in her fishnets and frilly socks. That's a whole other fetish. The teenage years were really hard for me overall. I wasn't shy, but I wasn't good at sports. I am and always have been an outgoing geek, and in your formative years, you're trying to find that identity that works for who you are. The trendy thing in high school at the time was for girls to claim bisexual, but the guys were on the endless quest to prove how utterly masculine they were. But here I was, cracking jokes with them while wearing a pair of fishnets and a garter under my jeans. Mail order was wonderful back then. I questioned, am I gay? And I just don't know it? Or, what the fuck is wrong with me? Constantly in my head. And while I had no desire or interest in other guys, my love of the sensation of sexy underthings made no sense. The internet wasn't really a thing. BBS boards were, though. And all I had was an ever-growing collection of penthouse forums and variations magazines that I could buy from a particularly cool gas station attendant. Any issue that had a story about a man going out in women's clothing would get read over and over until the pages were ragged. Every few months, I'd get pissed off at myself and be disgusted with what I was craving, and I'd purged everything in some restaurant dumpster after school. My girlfriend at the time knew about it, but didn't really like it, and was worried that I was secretly gay. Add that to the fact that I was friends with all the freaks and weirdos, still am, she didn't quite know what to make of it all. After high school, we got an apartment with a few other folks, and when everyone was gone, I'd go to the local porn shop and buy some hosiery and panties and spend a quality evening lounging around and enjoying the feeling of the underthings in full view, or I'd sit on our apartment porch with my stocking feet propped up on the rail as my own private bit of decadence. I'd hide my goodies in the bottom of some bag that I knew my girlfriend wouldn't look in, so whenever she was out or I had the place to myself, I could indulge some more. Fast forward through another decade of buy, enjoy, disgust, purge, desire, buy, enjoy, disgust, etc. And one night while drinking, I told my wonderful wife about the fact that I couldn't keep doing that and that it was such a lifelong thing that I couldn't see it as a phase anymore. To my absolute and complete surprise, she was 100% okay with it, with the caveat that it didn't become a total requirement for all sexy time activities. A few months later, she came out of the bedroom with a face that looks just terrified, and she hands me a box. In that box was a pair of purple panties from Xdress that she bought me on her own. She was scared because she wasn't sure how I was going to react to her, kind of bearing her desires to me. We had an epic session of passionate sex that night, and from that point forward, we vowed that we would trust each other with our kinks and to approach them with enthusiasm and understanding. Through our conversations, I discovered something about myself that I never realized. It's not entirely about the feel or the depravity, which are both part of it, but also my absolute love of the female form. I have a hard time thinking men can be sexy unless you're chiseled out of stone like a Jason Momoa or a Chris Hemsworth. I'm a straight dude, but even I look at those guys and say, damn, that's one sexy man. I do all of the standard super masculine stuff, but for me, that just feels like stuff I like to do, so I don't know what I could do to make me appear sexy on demand the way a woman can when she puts on something provocative. I wanted to feel sexy. I wanted to feel wanted. I wanted my adoring wife to look at me with the same lust that I look at her with. The hardest parts of my entire journey into cross-dressing was coming to terms with the fact that there was nothing wrong with me, it wasn't a phase, and that communication goes a long way. I accept that if I do something that my wife is not comfortable with, I will gladly not do it because of the respect that I have for her. Let me re-emphasize that last most important part for anybody listening or reading this. 
there is nothing wrong with you. As long as what you are doing is safe, sane, and consensual, let your freak flag fly with absolute gusto. I'm not out about my cross-dressing with anybody other than my wife. I applaud anybody who is, but my particular situation would not be improved by being out and about to others. There are a few friends that we are toying with the idea of sharing my dirty little secret with, but we'll continue to discuss that open and honestly until we decide what our best course of action is. Fun little side note, my cross-dressing name is Letty Munster. Letty Lutz is a character in The Greatest Showman who plays the bearded lady, I have a beard, and I'm a huge Munster's Adams Family fan. Sorry for the novella. Once I started typing it out, it felt good to get this off my chest. Thank you for everything you do for the community. Signed, Letty Munster. Thank you, Letty, for sharing that awesome origin story. I implore all of you listeners out there who want to share your origin story about cross-dressing or gender-related or anything at all you want to share with the podcast, please reach out to my new email, Giselle at crossyasspodcast.com and share your story. I mean, we want to hear it. I would love to share it. I know a lot of you guys out there are kind of shy to come on the podcast, but as Letty did, she just went ahead and messaged me on Reddit, of all things. You can even email them to me or anchor voice messages, which is another way. But I know some of you guys don't like talking, but if it's easier to write it out, go ahead and write it out or send me a message through anchor or, you know, I have a I have a podcast uh, website now, so please send it through there as well. It's a great story. She talked about a lot of things, one of which was is that it's okay not to be out to everyone. And you know me, I'm always on the boat of open and honest is the best policy. So that's why no one can use it against you. But I know some people love your secrets. So if you want to keep things between you and whomever you feel worthy of sharing your secrets with, well, then do you. I think I'll have an episode in the future about that, about not giving all your secrets away and not being out to everyone but look for that in the future but thank you letty for that awesome origin story again if you guys want to share yours go ahead and do that oh and also the cross yas confessionals don't don't have to be limited to just cross dressers or transgendered people who want to come on the podcast if you're a loved one of a cross dresser or loved one of a transgendered person and you want to come on the podcast and want me to read out your story about what it takes to love somebody who's a cross dresser or what it takes to know someone who's a crossdresser if you have a child or if you have a parent or something of that nature and this podcast has helped you understand that a little bit better come on the podcast tell your story i know people would love to hear your story other loved ones of crossdressers who listen to this podcast would love to hear that as well so you know come on the podcast and share that story if you can that's all thanks thanks for listening you guys And now it's time for Kirsten's Corner. <laughs> this week's episode Kirsten's of Corner. She let me start. She let me start. This uh, week's Kirsten's Corner of Kirsten's Corner. It might get a little long, but let's talk about the ABG. Oh! <laughs> I already know, guys. Babe! I already know, no! guys. Because this one's good, because I think this this incorporates a lot. This could be an episode on its own. This could be Kristen's block. I think it block. should be an episode on its own. Well, because... How about I just explain what an ABG is? No, we're going to talk about it all. I'd rather... This could be just us oh on God. an ABG. Okay. So what is an ABG? So for all y'all who don't know, who are not... Well, I guess it's if you don't know. An ABG is an Asian baby girl. <laughs> Here we go. So I think this is a term from like the last five to ten years, but... 
Oh, man, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's because I feel like an Asian baby girl, an ABG could be like a lot of different things. But it's usually like you just know her as like, oh, that's that girl. You know, it's like she's usually typically a petite Asian person who is mostly light skinned and really cute. Like they're very good looking and sometimes like not even necessarily like that good in the face, but it's like a vibe like your cousin put it best when she said being an ABG is not just a look, it's an attitude. And I really think it is um, because I feel like it's low key a diss, you know, which is, I guess, bad. I guess it's like it's not very nice because I think part of like ugh, there's so many things, yeah, so many things to talk about. Um, I just feel like it's also can stem from like a, a place of insecurity for non ABGs. Cause I mean, definitely like for someone who was single for a long time, Filipino and like trying to date another Filipino guy around my age. Like it's hard because like mostly Filipino guys who are in their twenties to thirties want an ABG. They want that little petite Asian girl, like, <laughs> you know, and like, and, and I'm not saying that like, ABGs aren't good people. Like it's like more as a whole, which is really bad. Like to just like you know, <laughs> kind of generalize profile somebody. Right, right. But I think it's just like it definitely comes from like a place of insecurity where I feel like I'd see a lot of really funny guys, good looking guys, only dating ABGs, and it's like, dude, I'm cute, I'm funny. Like just because I'm not fucking <laughs> okay. a petite, light skinned beauty, Pretty. doesn't mean like you can't even just like get to know me. You know what I mean? Or you like immediately shut me down because I don't fit into your, you know, your standards, you know, IBGs, man. I just like, I think be the whole like light skin thing definitely plays a part into it because it's like the whole for the black community. They talk about that. Oh, she, she acts like she's light skinned. I, I didn't really know that was like a real thing until I started working with like a lot of people who are black and they would talk about each other, you know? Oh, don't listen to her. She's, she has that light skin mentality, you know? Mm. And like, I think that's very much true for a lot of other races, but also for Filipinos, because it's like typically the light skin, you like, you're dark because you're working in the fields or you're out, like you have a job out there where the, you know, the light skin people are the ones who work inside and they're rich, you know? And I think even growing up, my mom would say like, oh yeah, we used to eat a lot of tomatoes or like rub lemon on our skin so that we're light. And I'm like, damn, that's like disrespect. It doesn't make you better because you're light skinned, you know? And I think ABGs, it's like, there's that that feeling that we have. It's like, oh, that's that, you know, oh, she's cute. She's probably an ABG or she seems like she's an ABG, which is rude. You know, it's definitely rude, it, it's, but it, it, it all comes from like something that we're insecure about or something that's like ingrained in us. The ABG, though, it doesn't just constitute Filipinos, right? It's, no, it's no, it's all Asians, it's all Asians. And it's like the mixed girls who have like, yeah, a little... it's also the way that you dress. Like right now, yeah. the ABG trend is like the big filas and like, like, <laughs> yeah. This is 2019. Yeah, the big filas. Yeah, the, like big eyelashes. I, you know, yeah, like the... or just like the bucket hats and like. Yeah. But honestly, like there, it's a, and it's not like ABG uh, non ABGs can't pull it off. It's just like a whole vibe. It's a vibe, and mm. I oh man, I don't know. <laughs> I knew she's gonna go out. I'm getting stressed out because it like does make me feel. I don't like that I feel this way because it's mm. like it's like what does it say about me as like a feminist or me as like just letting people be who they want to be mm-hmm. but it's just i think again it stems from like insecurities and like just kind of you know you know an abg and i think it's mm-hmm. like once you get to know someone of course like but sometimes you know it part of it so 
I, I thought about it because I was trying to think about this topic. And I think about like, how can you relate it to like another race? One thing that comes to mind is for an ABG to like, say the black culture, one could be a hood rat. And I'm like, but yeah, hood rat is, no. there's a connotation of like, because a hood rat, what's a, do you know what a hood, like, no. a hood rat is like, like a hoochie mama, right? Like, kind of like a hoochie No, mama, see, that's not, because I don't think an ABG is necessarily, I don't think ABGs have anything to do with like their sexual, like preference, like not preferences, but like their activity. I think it's like what they're interested in or like what they look like. Because I don't think ABGs are even like they dress a certain like it's it's not necessarily like they're more sexualized. It's like a it's a look and it's not necessarily a sexual look like it's but well, yes, yeah, sometimes it is because that's what I'm saying. right? I know some ABGs who use their ABGness. Yeah. As a way to garner male courtship. Yeah, <laughs> but I think it it's lightly. also like it's it's like the it's that attitude you put out because it's like. I don't know, man. I don't know. So, like, there are, there are, so in L.A. or in Orange County, large populations of Asian people gather. So we talk about, let me, I'm trying to put it in terms of just not, not necessarily like, you know, kind of stereotyping. But there's, we talk about this a lot where my good friend. Oh, yeah, (laughs) uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Likes to meet or Only date ABGs. Only date ABGs. He is a taller Asian male. Yeah. Um six foot which is the abg's like yeah very uncommon very well well no like well yeah tall asian i guess is yeah. uncommon but um he is attracted to the abg yeah look vibe. it frustrates me because it's like mm-hmm. why are why are you only getting to know or like trying to date abg's like when you you know, like you don't know like the type of people that are around you you know i think sure. Yeah, like, I don't know. It just really frustrates me. And I'm not saying that ABGs don't have personalities or they aren't funny or they don't have, like, really cool interests or whatever. But it's just, like, date someone because they're interesting. Date someone because they're smart. Date someone because they're funny and good-looking, you know? But, like, a girl who's not, you know, a petite, pretty Asian girl, just because she's, you know, not that doesn't mean that she's not someone who's worthy of dating. Okay. Well, like I'm by far not an ABG. You know, <laughs> but you can do ABG things. Well, so fine. Let, let I mean, let's let's describe more an ABG. So an ABG is typically Asian because an a, 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 can a white girl be an ABG? No, I mean like so. An I AB, guess like a white girl could be like that. Girl wants to be an ABG. You so know? an ABG, like I, we kind of know is someone who posts a lot on Instagram or something that nah. like no. Is it a social media? Okay, or? here. Here's a, a definition from 2009. An acronym for an Asian baby girl, meaning an Asian female gangster. ABGs like to hang out with gangsters and wear thin slash slutty clothing. They like to jump other girls who talk shit and make out with their boyfriends 24-7. This is bad. This is bad. This is but I think version. this is an 09 version of like what ABGs used to so be. So describe what an ABG is to you. What? Oh, this is much better. 2019. A special type of Asian girl who enjoys going to clubs, partying, and drinking with friends. Loves to get boba and shop. Usually an Instagram model, influencer, or bartender. Looks exactly like Drew America on Twitch. I don't know what that is. Oh, Twitch is uh, online. Mm. Yeah, that's that's much closer. Yeah, because an 09 Asian baby girl is like a... Thug. Who used to be on Yahoo Messenger, right? Who used oh, to be- Asian baby girl is an Asian girl who typically enjoys boba tea and dancing, frequents college campuses, and loves to travel to Disneyland. Oh, Damn, shit. these people are freaking. That's spot on. Yeah, so I think it just depends on the the. 
the 2019 version of an Asian baby. That's a good influencer. Yeah, I think that influencer vibe is, you know. Now, so is it a negative connotation if you call someone an Asian baby girl? Like, oh, what the fuck? Like, that's an A-A-G. Yeah, it is. It's a negative connotation. Yeah. And you do you like do you think that will ever go away to call someone like no it's just that's just what they I are i guess you're right where it's like the equivalent of a hood rat right it's a hood rat yeah when you talk about like oh she could technically like a hood well a hood rat is to me i mean if you want to google hood rat but i think of like someone who hangs out in like <laughs> like i don't know certain areas but has like a certain style to them and like Certain people are attracted to hood rats. Yeah. Like, oh, that's a hood rat. <laughs> like, we talk about the song Hood Rat, Hood Rat, Hoochie Mom. Nothing wrong with being a hood rat if that's your style or that's the way you present yourself. You do attract. Ooh, a hood rat is someone who has sex with everyone in the hood or neighborhood. The term is linked to culture of American ghettos and to hip hop culture. Yes, yeah, you know, it's not a hood rat. But it's. <sighs> I mean, you can use it in like the less, like. The like less the less negative or not even negative but like not to that level or that extent i guess asian baby girls it doesn't necessarily no um mean that you're sexually active i guess yeah i don't know i think i just like i i talking about abgs like makes me feel bad about being mean why because it's just like i don't like i don't know all abgs <laughs> do asian baby girls abgs like do they group with one another? Are they? Are is it like a clique? Is it a mean sometimes? Girl sort of thing? Sometimes, I don't think they're necessarily mean. I think sometimes maybe ABGs feel bullied too. You know? Yeah, I mean, don't we like all... ABGs. Hey guys, like I'm out here. This is drinking my boba. Ah, you know? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, babe. Uh, uh, yuck! I'm just kidding. I don't know. Do you think ABGs don't like being called ABGs? I'm sure. What do you think they say? Like, I, I, I mean, I know. Like I, they're probably just like I. I'm a. I just like boba and I like posting and I. I'm an influencer. Why does that make me an ABG? I don't know. Mm. I feel like it's definitely offensive. Like if I were to call, like if I were to, if if I were to call someone, like oh, you're kind of an ABG. I'm sure they would be like, oh, no, I'm not. Or yeah, it's is, definitely negative. But what if they do just like maybe boba? it's like ooh, I think it's maybe the white equivalent of like a valley girl. Okay, okay, that's less, there's less sexual connotation yeah. than a hood rat to a valley girl. Ugh, as if! But what's the, what's the, what's the stereotype with that? Like, they're It's dumb like they're only they're... known, well, for a valley girl? Yeah, yeah like, they're, they're dumb. But, like, I think with ABGs, it's like they're only known for their looks, not their mm. personality. And I think that's what, you know. Hmm. Because it's like, who's to say that, like, this person who looks like an ABG is like, you know, it's not, it's unfair. It's definitely an unfair way to categorize somebody. Mm-hmm. That's unfortunate. Yeah, for sure. But mm. everyone know like, if you're Asian and not necessarily, because I'm not sure, like, all Asians know what ABGs are, but. Yeah. And because we're Asian, we kind of, and, and you live in Orange County, so it's like a lot of Asians everywhere here in yeah. Southern California, in the area, which is also known as. Little Saigon. Oh. Westminster? Little oh, Saigon? Yeah. I mean, it's basically all Vietnamese girls. And there are clubs here that they cater, cater to the... Arena! Yeah, you know? Asian, um, Asian persuasion. Ew, gross. Remember when they used to say that a lot? Remember when they used to say Asian persuasion? You also went to UC Irvine, yeah, which is so? like 60% Asian. So you're around them. So anyways, 
<laughs> we could do that more. wore me out, man. ABGs. That yeah, just that's like why got me fired it. up. She's she's in it. I apologize to all the people that I have offended about. If you're an ABG, I'm sorry. Oh, I don't. I mean, and if people get offended over, and I, I can shit, never so. say that like this. I wouldn't say that, like, if I were to meet an ABG in real life, I wouldn't like them because they're an ABG. I'm sure if right. I don't like you, it's because of something. It's because you're of a this. reason. And then you add the ABG part. Yeah. So the other question that so my good friend also talks about is, I mean, this is kind of related to ABG, but the attraction of, like, white men to oh, Asian. Oh, like yellow fever? Yellow fever. I think cause because... Is what? that Asian? Is that ABG related or no? No, it's not. I think that's just Asian related. Asian related. But okay. usually it's... It, it, they wouldn't necessarily be an ABG, but they would be more of like the petite, light skinned, like because it comes from like wanting someone because Asians are supposed to be um, submissive. Yeah. You know, yeah. To, like typically or like stereotypically they're submissive. So white guys want someone that's going to be like that. But I think that comes from like the war and shit, like the Vietnam mm-hmm. War and like people going to fight, like meeting Asian girls and like going crazy, you know? Right, right, right. Because it's like, oh, every, we can fuck anybody. But I think, like, I think that's gross when white guys only date Asian girls. But I also think it's gross when Asian girls only want to date white guys. I don't think that's fair. Yeah. Oh, like, only. And I think it's like, like, they won't even try or, like, won't even, like, talk to anyone just because they're not. But I think it's okay to have a preference. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know? Um, but to say, like... I only date this. I only, only date, date this. this. It's okay to be attracted to... A certain type of guy but like you could you never know like what you'll end up being attracted to you know so is abg a fetish do you think like, uh, can you yeah. be sexually attracted to just yeah the tiny asian baby yeah girl? yeah for sure for sure right okay so it's not only just an attitude it's also kind of like a fetish yeah huh. all right well i'll, I'll end this deck because we've been doing this a while i'm tired that's it kirsten's corner that's out kirsten's corner oh jeez Okay. All right. Bye. And that's it for this week's episode, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We talked about a lot of good stuff. My boudoir photo shoot. We talked about Letty's story in our first ever cross yes confessionals, which again I implore everybody who is a crossdresser or has a story to tell about a crossdresser or a transgender person or you just want to confess something or share something on the podcast, please email the podcast, Giselle at crossyaspodcast.com. Check out our new website, crossyaspodcast.com. There's lots of stuff in there. I'm going to post some new photos on there about my photo shoot. We had Kirsten talk about ABGs. Hopefully you guys learned a little bit more about the ABG. And yeah, we'll have more episodes coming up before the end of the new year. Not quite sure just yet. Haven't done anything else yet just because it's the holidays and i know you guys are busy and i'm a little busy so we'll have something up soon but check out the website for more information and for more cross the house podcast related things so happy holidays guys if i don't talk to you guys before thanksgiving i probably will but we'll see and if not i'll see you guys in december as always keep it fresh stay blessed and remember you're gorgeous Again, I'm not here to treat or diagnose anything, guys. I'm just here to tell my story. I have people come on the podcast and tell their story, and and maybe you guys can learn from it. And I hope it helps you guys understand the world of cross-dressing and gender a bit more.